more kids. You ready? So, let's get to it. Glad you guys are here, let's party. Um, I'm excited, I'm gonna do it with you guys. This is gonna be great. Welcome to Get the Goat Podcast. Do, 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 do. You got like that? music now. Was that? Should I do the? You We're not going to run the. Yeah. I know that slick <laughs> intro that you have, Nick, on this from uh, Capture the Action Studios. Yeah, sweet. Right now, he has this little fancy little intro, but I think mine's better. Me too. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's Get the Goat Podcast. Do, 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 do. With John Mark in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. <laughs> I, was writing, I was writing a rap. We're on a totally different path. Oh, okay. You were? Oh, Get the Goat weird. Podcast. Get it in your playlist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wish you could. Uh, this okay. one's going to be a fun one. Uh, yeah, and I think this one, this is going to be pretty playful. And I will go ahead and start this caveat with uh, there are lots of things that people still. Okay. I don't know if you guys have known, either from coronavirus or from the election, the internet has a lot of misinformation. Did you guys know that? Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking yeah. News. This just in. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's the thing. We've started to see it more and more and more with election, coronavirus, all that kind of stuff, and it's come to the forefront. But the fitness industry has had it on, like, hardcore. They've had it for a long time. They're, they've had it nailed for years on misinformation, from Instagram influencers to multiple different, you know, get fit quick programming, uh, things like that. And so... Today is going to be let's let's tackle some myths in the fitness industry, and then let's just in, in reality we might not come to a definitive answer on a lot of things, but there's a lot of things that we're probably going to clear up. But there might be a lot of things we might say, hey, you know what? At this time, the evidence doesn't show that that actually works mm-hmm. at this time. But there's lots of things that science still can't explain so but maybe we should start in things that are rooted in scientific fact like curls get the girl (laughs) (laughs) you know these cuts don't heal that kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) yep so i'm glad we started there i i took a list from uh from the gym i actually asked everybody from the gym so if you're listening to this podcast and you don't live in the area call the hotline call <laughs> call now 1-800-GET-GOAT we should do that <laughs> actually anyways um, I wish that was our phone number because then people would stop calling my cell phone but anyways um, but here's the deal I think um, if you guys have questions after this if there are certain things that you've seen that you've heard um, that you know maybe have become it is amazing who becomes authorities at this time and age. Like, like if you have ripped abs and you look really pretty, you must know everything. So I'm going to listen to that person. That's and, hard to argue with. Right. Because <laughs> genetics don't have any impact on mm. any of that whatsoever. Uh, but anyways, uh, so, so let's just go ahead and get to it. We're, are you guys excited about I this? I am. One? Are we yeah. going to try to keep this floor. to a top five <clears throat> myth? No. Yeah, I think I've got five or yeah. six, and we're going to try to keep our timing dialed. And then we might do a part two if we feel like we didn't get to touch on everything. And if if there's others that are going to send in some 
thoughts or if they you know go to our Instagram or something like that or give me a call or text me and say, hey, can you tackle this? We might do a part two. Cool? So cool. first one, abs are made in the kitchen. I know a lot of you guys have heard that term. Nick has never heard that until today, but he liked it. He's like, whoa, this well, is it, funny. It, yeah, shed some light, and now I know why I don't ever see my abs. Yeah, so <laughs> abs are made in the kitchen. And that, in reality, Barry's needing some help here. Um, so that partly is correct. Here's, here's what I will say to that. Um, stronger abs, okay, are actually made in the gym. If you want to actually see them, that happens in the kitchen. So there was something that I, I usually use with a lot of people when I'm talking about ab work. Um, I think ab work is fantastic. We've been doing a lot more ab work and at the gym lately. Um, for years, I used to use the term that, and this is actually some research that was maybe a little bit of misinformation. Okay, There was some research done, and they did research showing a comparison of ab contraction from a squat and ab contraction in a plank. Okay. Ab contraction meaning your abs are your flexing. abs are actually flexing during working. a movement and working. Okay, there is six times there was in this study there was six times more ab contraction in a weighted squat than a plank. Now the research was this is where things get jacked up. Okay, so someone will read a certain bit of research when it is absolutely nuanced information. How much weight were they squatting? How long did they hold the plank? That information we did not know. Okay, but I will say probably for a significantly, a, a person that is very fit, lifting 300 pounds, okay, a person that is lifting 300 pounds, okay, Squatting 300 pounds, and then the, other, the same person going to go do a plank? Absolutely. Probably significant more ab contraction while they're doing that movement compared to a plank. If someone is very detrained and they have not lifted, they have not been physically active at all, that minute plank or 45-second plank is going to be absolutely crushing to them. So... I don't mm. think that is actually a really good term to use, and I have used it in myself quite a bit. But um, <clears throat> so we kind of got away from a lot of ab work, and we've brought it back in. And I would say we've made sure to try to titrate that effort for different people. Like if you can't do a sit-up, then you don't need to do a weighted sit-up. But there's some people, sit-ups have become really easy. Well, now they need a new stress. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, if anybody is able to do plank for eight hours, which if you, if you haven't heard about this dude doing eight hours of plank, it's prob a plank for a minute or two minutes is not that effective for him. Right, Barry? I just want to have a question if we can get back to the topic yeah. of myths. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's my job to keep you on target. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I drink a lot of beer, but if I just do crunches... I'll have ripped abs, correct? Mm, not correct. Like, but I guess the question is, <laughs> you what you what you're saying <laughs> what you're saying by that is if you just do a bunch of ab work that you're going to look a certain way. That's mm. why I go to the goat. Where are my abs? Right. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, that's where Barry probably needs to pay attention to his nutrition a little bit better. Right. But that, you know. Probably. I mean, I'm just just asking questions. I'm just saying maybe that might be the case. Um, But in reality, everybody makes certain commitments. Like, if abs are really your main goal, Mm -hmm. like, then you're going to make the – if that's everything you care about – then probably you're going to make certain commitments and start paying attention to what you eat and maybe start reducing your calorie intake, which we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But So you, are you saying that abs are made in the kitchen? I am saying... I feel that, like we're skirting the issue here. <laughs> it's a combination. I, what is I the would myth? say the abs themselves are not made in the kitchen. If you want to see them, then you probably need to reduce your calories so then you will become a little bit leaner in your fat mass to... Uh, muscle mass. Is... Do you know how myth debunking works? <laughs> it's supposed to be like a aha moment. What? That was the Geraldo. I'm, Re- I'm having that no. aha moment. You are. It's okay, the good. kitchen because I mean I've been working out my whole life. I mean sports every. Yeah. I've never been able to see my abs. Yeah. Ever. And I feel like I I I think it's I have an enlarged stomach. I think I have a bigger stomach than most people. Well, I would say but I don't. It but, is. But I would say in reality, like, um, a lot of people right. think that if they just do more abs, more abs, more abs, more abs, that that's going to fix everything, and right. that's not the case. Um, like, but the goal is, I think for so many people, I would much rather have someone really strong. Okay, because in reality, if they're wanting to look a certain way. That's not always going to last. Like, and we talk about that. We've talked about that on we the podcast. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Appearance is the consequence of fitness. But go off of how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I'd much like, rather you feel strong mm-hmm. than look a certain way and actually not be strong. There's a lot of people that have, they look as though they've got ripped abs, but they have tons of back pain because their abs are actually really weak. They have tons of other issues because they are actually weak. And so I think that that can create some false realities for a lot of people. So, so like if you're not working out and you eat right and you you're gonna see your abs eventually. But you just touched on actually the thing that we're Well you're just here. like a skinny you're just a skinny person. You're just a skinny person. Athlete That's abs it. and hot person abs are totally different. Yes. So like that you know, we we're talking about two different subjects at the same time. Like are you trying to have a hot person abs? Well, yeah, that's fantastic, but that's totally different than a functional strength. You know, like, I don't care if I can see Nick's abs or not because I know that he's going to be, you know, have great core strength and it's going to assist him in riding his bike and playing on the mountain, et cetera. Like, and, and at some point, if Nick starts to say, hey, I'm, I want to really start getting significantly hot. more. If- <laughs> Nick wants to get yeah. hot. If Nick starts to say, <laughs> I want to get significantly better on my bike and I want to reduce the actual weight of my body so I can be more efficient on the bike, then he would have to slowly start to reduce weight and become a little bit leaner. Mm. And so then you would probably see, you know, then that's the consequence of fitness. Then you would start to see as he starts to reduce his lean and have more lean body mass and reduce the actual composition of his body so he's not carrying around that extra, you know, he reduces his body, his composition from maybe 20% to 15% body fat. Well, that might equate to... Did you just call Nick obese on the, on the podcast? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, 
No offense taken. That's what I heard. And I <laughs> so I think that's I think that's one that um, we and I've really enjoyed kind of testing out this new uh, because of the coronavirus and cu- I've had to get a little bit more creative and try to create a little bit of fun in the gym and that's why we started to do this team abs deal on Wednesday. Oh, it's lots of fun. <laughs> and so I think it's been, it's allowed us to kind of have um, a, a focused moment where we are actually paying attention to the details of how do we. So Mondays is more weighted abs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's more focused on the weight that's appropriate for each person. Wednesday is more focused on body weight stuff, but it's. But it's hard. So if you can do something for probably longer than a minute, and it's an ab exercise, then you're probably not actually strengthening anymore. Does that make sense? Or you should add more weight. Yeah, you should maybe add weight. So to summarize, myth number one, if you want to see your abs, it is controlled by diet. Yes. So myth not debunked. Correct. Myth number two. Okay. Number well, two. wait, wait on the on the abs on the abs on because well, so always... number two actually has to do yeah. with 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 the, eating with eating. So calories in, calories out. So that's a term that a lot of people use. Um, and so someone in class yesterday said, "Is calories out, calories in, calories out really a thing?" My dad used to say that all the time. And here's the thing: when it comes to nutrition, guys, not a lot has changed. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So a good balanced diet is and probably, I say probably, always will be the answer to any type of healthy diet. Now, if somebody wants to lose weight really quickly, that's fine. That might be a different conversation. But the problem is about losing weight really quickly, it's not sustainable. So they might do some type of fast, they might do some type of um, cleanse or something like that. And and to be honest, I don't think those are great options long term. Because one, you have not, you haven't made need, you haven't made any life changes when you do those things. And so um, things like intermittent fasting, can intermittent fasting be a great option for people? Sure, but scientifically at this time, it does not seem for, there are some potential research evidence showing that for um, athletes, there could be potentially some benefits of some types of intermittent fasting. But for the normal person, intermittent fasting is a design to keep your calories down because calories are the piece that matter. If you are in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. If you are over the actual calories that your body needs, you will gain weight. I think the thinking is that people, you know, you you get stuck in these plateaus, right? Like you're a healthy person, your weight's going to fluctuate right around the same whatever, right? So I'm X pounds, I'm living my average life, I'm staying pretty healthy, I'm working out. I want to get a little bit leaner and I'm thinking that, okay, if I can make this change for X, drop a couple pounds um, and then go back to my regular routine and plateau, again, I'll just be at a lower weight. Yeah, yeah, and then you have a lot of people that will do this, okay? They'll go and they'll, at the beginning of the bike season, 
they'll be biking a ton. It's a new stress to them. Now they're biking a bunch, and they actually might lose a little bit of weight because they haven't changed their actual calorie intake yet. <clears throat> and as they start going into their bike season a little bit more, a little bit more, then they start increasing what they're eating, and it's not counteracted anymore by how much output, if that makes sense. So if I am starting to bike a lot more, but I haven't been eating more to meet the needs of what I just output, okay? But what happens is so often we have a lot of people that will start biking a ton, biking a ton, biking a ton, and they start losing a little bit of weight. They're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Well, then they slowly start bringing up their calorie intake and then it meets up with where they were. So, um, yeah. So what if I ate a ton of ice cream the night before and yeah. then the next day morning I'm super motivated to climb my favorite trail as fast as I can and I because do you're intervals trying to offset, up because I'm trying, trying to offset. offset. Like I've been under that mindset. Yeah, so I... And it's great because I work out hard, but... But it's probably not the best... It's, it's, it's probably not the healthiest way to approach your lifestyle. I don't, I don't think that... Am I doing anything? Eat, just working out so you can do whatever you want... You can't outwork out a bad diet. Okay. So look at it as this. Um, I like to look at a week instead of just a day. So sometimes I will track my food. If you don't track your food, you really don't know what you're eating. Um, and I track my food for maybe a week, and then I'll take months off. And then it just resets me and brings me back to a good balanced diet. Okay. Um, and balanced diet, I would say, um, making sure that, um, and we, we're going to step on some other pieces here, um, appropriate amount of fat to protein to carbohydrates. And we'll talk about carbs, we'll talk about protein probably, because those are two other things that... That is just the Sasquatch, <laughs> Sasquatch of the gym myths right there. Let's get at it. Like, I it, want the Loch okay. Ness Monster. We're not even talking about an actual <clears throat> athlete, okay? If this is just the recommended daily allowance, okay, 0.8 or 80% of your body weight in grams of protein for the average person is what is recommended. Anywhere from 80 to 100%. If you are an athlete and you are um, extremely active and physically active, then you probably need to err on the side of 100%. Otherwise, you will not recover from strength training. You won't recover from you know, even cardiovascular efforts, um, and then injuries can tend to creep up quite a bit also because you're starting to have some atrophy. If you don't have enough protein, then your body's starving and it's it's not replenishing those muscles. Um, there's multiple different issues that can come if you aren't having enough protein. Um, now, everybody thinks when I say stuff like that that I'm some meat monger. And you can't be a vegetarian. No, no. Or you vegan. can actually be a vegan or vegetarian and hit those daily recommendations. It's a little bit harder um, because you have to. You, I think you have to pay attention a little bit more. You might have to have some B12 supplements and things like that. Um, but pea protein. There's really good pea. Uh, you know, way or sorry, pea isolate proteins that are out there. We sell one that's fantastic, actually. It doesn't make me want to throw up. Um, and then, you know, you have to be that much more diligent about, you know, kind of the food intake that you're having. 
Um, but also, I know a lot of vegetarians and, and vegans that don't have a very good, well-balanced diet. They just eat a bunch of carbs, okay? And carbs aren't bad. The phone lines so, are lighting up. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I would say, and this is this will be the next one that we'll touch on is, well, aren't carbs bad? Um, major myth. I would say err on the side of fibrous carbohydrates. So if your fiber per daily, like for most people that are, you know, around our age and size, 35 to 38 grams of fiber per day is incredibly important. Well, sub-myth, sub-myth part B, that's part of the reason with the protein shakes, right? Like people get a ton of protein, but they don't get enough fiber. They right. also are getting a ton of sugar. Right. So, you know, the, I had a healthy <clears throat> shake for breakfast and one for lunch and a sensible dinner. Yeah. So if fiber is kind of the, it's the telltale. Like fiber is the one that'll be like, well, okay, you hit your fats and you hit your carbohydrates and you hit your protein, but how's your fiber? Then we know the quality of your food. So I like to talk about quality of food separate from healthy food. I don't think there's any, and I don't think any, let me restate, let me, before I go any further, I am not a nutritionist. I am not a dietitian. I could call myself a nutritionist because there is no governing body that determines who's a nutritionist or not. There is plenty of personal trainers out there. Um, there. Now, dietitian, you actually have to be like accredited school and have you know actual certification to be a dietitian. Nutritionists pretty much can just say anybody can say they're a nutritionist. So okay, <clears throat> so you're a nutritionist. So are you? <laughs> so where was I? Uh, talking about fiber. We're, talk- we're really um, getting fi- at the like, fiber is quality. Getting, yeah. So so when people say, well, I eat really healthy. Well, you can, let's talk about healthy. Like, yeah. So you're, when you are saying that most people are saying, when they say I eat really healthy, they're just saying, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. Mm -hmm. That's really what they're saying. But I could eat 5,000 calories of unprocessed foods and be really large and be very obese and be very unhealthy. Make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. So then what's okay, so then what's the difference between healthy and quality? So what's quality, quality food? Of I mean the, the question food? I like to use the term quality of food because I like to have my carbohydrates fibrous. Where are I we like, gonna get that fiber? This is um, what men so in their good 40s grains want to know. Good grains and vegetables. Good grains and vegetables. Um, and then when it comes to fat, I like to make sure that they are not um, obviously not super high in saturated fat. But what is pretty amazing is that fiber is the piece that kind of helps the fat and cholesterol, which that's, we're not going to get into that. Protein, I like to stay really close to lean meats. If you are a vegetarian or a vegan, obviously you're going to look at alternatives to that. But, um, and then red meat, how often should you have red meat? I think the Three meals most <laughs> most good nutritionists and dietitians and doctors would say uh, three meals. No, just kidding. Uh, two to three uh, red meats per week is probably the safest at this time because information still on red meat is up in the air. Interesting. 
Yeah. Question. Barry. What was the myth and did we debunk it? The myth was mm-hmm. calories in or calories out? Calories in. Is that how you say it? Calories in, calories out. Is that a thing? That's a, yeah. It's just, just, are you burning more than what you're eating? Yes, exactly. And people thought that was the fitness rule. There, the fitness rule is like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to outwork out my diet. And in reality, it's like, well, how much are you actually eating? Do you really know? Are you actually tracking that? Are you, you're just guessing. You're just comparing it to what your parents did when you were a kid. Right. Or you're just comparing it to this person. Well, you... Like, is that what they are doing? Is that appropriate for you? And so there's a lot more nuance to... So me eating a ton of ice cream and then going in for a really hard run the next day is not... Well, I, but here's work. the deal. But here's the deal. I, <laughs> I think the most freeing thing to me was when I started tracking food, um, it, it allowed me to actually enjoy a lot more foods that I stopped eating because I thought they were so bad. Like... I don't think there's necessarily like... Bad food, good food. I don't think that's a good narrative for a lot of people because then they end up being in like this, and especially females because of social pressures and things like that. There, it it is a cavernous, miserable place to be when you are looking at foods as good and bad. And I think if you were to track your food, it's like no, I get to have this because I've got that calorie allowance and I've got this fat allowance and I've got this, I just don't need to eat the entire gallon of ice cream. That's unhealthy. But if but but putting people in like food jail is not is not I mean, when a camel finds an oasis it fills the hump. <laughs> uh so let's let's touch on protein since we're on the nutrition conversation. Um so how much protein should a person have um when we talked about the eighty 200% of their body weight in grams of protein. That I would say when I sit down with most most people at the gym and I say, okay, let's talk about what you eat. Let's go through it. And we just, we just write it down and we track it. Typically, people are about 50% of where they need to be. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, those are the same people that are like tweaky all the time. <laughs> those are the same people that are like having some shoulder problem or some knee problem or some deal or they they just finished this gigantic run and went for days and then they come in and they did not replenish you know what they put their body through um so i would say that one the when you have it does not really matter it's that you get it in you know the whole conversation is well shouldn't i have my protein within an hour to two hours of my workout no there's no, there's no benefit at this. It does not seem that the research shows that there is any benefit to having it immediately after your workout. Cool. I like looking at my calorie intake and my food intake and my protein intake on a week, not in a day. So then I look at it, okay, over a week, where was I? I blew it on Tuesday, but I was really good on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday was just okay. Saturday, I was amazing. You know, it's right, like I look at it in a week rather than if you do it per day. Also, like your certain people, if they really struggle with, you know, some disordered eating, they will start to how they eat will influence how they look at themselves, how they mm-hmm. approach life. Mm-hmm. It will influence their psychology way too much if they look at it at a, in a per-day deal. It's like, you know what? I didn't do too well today, but tomorrow I'm going to nail it. 
that's a great way to look at it rather than like, oh, I did horrible today. I got to beat myself up tomorrow. Right. Live every day like it's your cheat day is what I say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. YOLO. <laughs> um, if I get hit by well, a bus. So uh, think speaking of timing, like yesterday after the workout, I was super hungry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm feeling like what's your yeah. if I'm feeling super hungry should I should I go for something with high in protein I went and bought a protein shake tuna sandwich so protein is definitely more satiating yeah so that's one of the benefits of having more protein also is that you're not gonna be near as hungry if you hit your protein intake um, so I people don't realize that so your calorie burn if you are efficient so say you're an efficient runner and you run 30 minutes or to an hour every single day at the same pace. Um, you might burn, say, 450 to 600 calories during that time and during that effort. Say I go lift for 30 minutes to an hour. My calorie burn during that time is actually going to be lower within that duration. But the issue is I probably stressed my muscles and tore the muscles more in that lifting session. So actually throughout the day, I'm going to actually burn more calories throughout that day. Okay. So if we look at a 24-hour period, cardiovascular effort, if, if it's at the same pace, same deal every single time, that is not going to have a totality of more calorie burn in the 24 hours as doing a lifting session because your body is continuing to replenish itself during a stressful uh, lifting session. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this has to do with the conversation of metabolism. So do, does your metabolism slow down as you get older? Okay. That's the third myth. That's, uh, I don't know, we're like on 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think this... Yeah. Um, does your metabolism slow down? I would say the majority of the population, yes, your metabolism starts to slow down. But it's not because of any, well, it does not seem at this time, it, the main cause of a lot of people's metabolism to slow down is that because of their, their muscle mass starts to reduce. So um, as you age, your synthesization of protein is reduced. Your, your, your body does not synthesize protein as well, and you actually need more protein as you age because your body is less efficient at, at, doing, at, at processing the protein. And if you don't have enough protein and it's continual as you age and age and age and age and it slows down that much more, then you start to have atrophy and you start to lose muscle mass. And if you have less muscle mass and your muscle mass is decreasing and your fat mass is increasing your body metabolism will slow down does that make wait sense? so if my body is synthesizing less that means it's it's, it's burning it less it's struggling to process the protein to help your body replenish the muscular so stress. then don't i have more left over from my no it just goes meal? to nothing it just goes to nothing. Yeah. So you still, that's why you need more. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So. Are you learning something, Barry? Yeah. So, so that's, so that's why um, a big, huge deal is to make sure that you continue to do strength training as you age, but also hit 
the correct and recommended protein intake. So, because if I'm working out, working out, working out, and not getting enough protein, well, my body's just, it's really, really stressed out. And then you're going to, if you don't do anything, you don't even do any strength training, okay? Um, one, you're going to have osteoporosis issues as you age, but also you're going to just completely lose your muscle mass. And then you're going to have injuries that start to creep up, which we need to have an injury podcast in general. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of times people will wake up and they'll say, you know what, God, my shoulder, what's going on? That's the weirdest thing. We call them nonspecific injuries. So something that wasn't like an impact where something immediately happened, you just woke up and you're like, dude, what is wrong with me? You might have injured that years ago, okay? You might have some mechanical problem going on in your shoulder or your knee or something like that. And as you age, what's helped you in your younger age is that you've had a lot more muscle mass. And as you age and that muscle mass helps that structure stay together so you don't feel some of those aches and pains as you're younger. But as you start to lose muscle mass and you don't have as much muscle to support the joint or support that area, now you've lost some muscle mass and now that joint stuff that you might have injured years ago but was masked because you had so much structure because of muscle, now it's starting to show up and it's like, oh, ow, ooh, you're having these aches and pains. Um, Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Uh, I lived that life. Yeah, right? I mean, we we are all probably, like, what's so funny is that uh, me and Amy, we we took our, me and Amy and Laura and Dan, we we went on their boat and we put them on the the tube, you know, all the kids went tubing. And Bowen's this tiny little 35-pound six-year-old that's holding onto the tube, and Dan is ripping around and, like, full-on flinging the tube from wake to wake to the other side. And Bowen's just going, wham, 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 just getting tossed. And I looked at Amy, I go, oh, it's so funny how we talk about people, like, they think that they injured themselves in the gym. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like when they were six years old, we're, like, yeah. crushing them <laughs> on a tube and that stuff. They're fine right now because they're, their actual body composition can up. handle it. But later on in life, it's mm. like, you know, that type of Super stuff. Interesting. People start to think that, you know, that some of these things that they're doing are caused immediately. And we call those nonspecific injuries because we can't truly point them to this specific event. Right. And they just pop up. So, um, which cool. we need to have the podcast fully just on that. <clears throat> on how much fun tubing is? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into some lifting. This one. Lifting um, myths. High weight, low rep versus low weight, high rep. What do you want? Like, will lifting, the bigger question, I think really what we're getting to is this is like, will, will lifting, lifting make, make I don't want to get you, big. I don't want to get big. I just want to lift. Yeah. And so I think everybody still struggles with that one. Yeah. High rep versus low weight. Yeah. Um, I think we should look at people that actually know what they're talking about when they are lifting. We should get one of those people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. That's a good idea for us. I'm on it. Yeah. Um, so bodybuilders, they're big, right? Yeah, swole's a goal. Okay. Um, Size is the prize. Bodybuilder. <laughs> bodybuilders. <laughs> Let's talk about their rep schemes and the way that they approach lifting. They actually reduce their weight 
Okay, so it's about, you know, I would say around 50 to 60% of their max effort, and they go to failure, tons and tons of reps, 12, 15, 20, maybe more, and they continually try to swell the muscle, and they have to eat a lot. They eat, they work out all day, they do tons and tons of reps, and they eat a ton. It's hard to get big. And expensive. So they did a study, yeah, and very expensive. Right. So, so they did a study that took 40 men. Uh, 10 were on a lifting program. Um, 10 were given steroids and on a lifting program. I want to be in that group. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and let's see. Sign now me up. I'm going to totally be thrown off because of Barry. Like, we got to remember this study. Um, and then they had uh, 10 guys that were on steroids, calorie increase, and working out. And then they had 10 with uh, working, no out, working out working out, and just calorie, in, calorie increase. But everybody worked out. Nobody got to take it easy. Yeah, everybody worked out. That's the yeah, group I Everybody worked out. <laughs> I'll take the PEDs and yeah. no workout. <laughs> Like, just so you know, you like people think you just take steroids, and then you actually still have to work really yeah. freaking hard. You just right. get to work harder. Yes, you get you recover from working out quicker. That's Nobody, it. yeah. So, um, there was, um, in that group, it was, I think, six to eight weeks, um, there was, of the guys that were on steroids, only increased all in the same, like, very strict parameters. Um, the guys over eight weeks, they only gained like five to 10 pounds in the steroid with calorie increase. That's, that's a lot of work. Like they put in a lot of effort. Now, going back to that conversation that we had earlier, Nick, okay, yesterday, this is what happens to most people. They start lifting weights and they haven't lifted weights in a long time or ever. All of a sudden they are starving mm -hmm. and they're not paying attention to what they're eating. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they're hungry, so they're just going to go eat. What happens to a lot of people when they start lifting, they are significantly more hungry, but they don't pay attention to what they're eating. So the, there is potential that it's not the lifting that makes them bigger. It's actually they're eating more. So but back, back, okay. So let's look at bodybuilders. Bodybuilders have to, they're, one, I don't, I don't it's their programming. I know, I know. They always kind of creep me out. <laughs> It's weird. So I'm starting with them because I want you to understand how hard it is for you to actually like gain weight and get bigger. So those guys put in a lot of work and they put in a lot of work in the kitchen to make sure that they increase weight. So power lifters. So we take our programming more from a power lifting programming. Power lifters want to stay in their weight class and they want to get as strong as possible in that weight class. So when we do our main compound lifts, when we do squats, when we do bench press, when we do deadlift, and when we do press, those fit main four lifts, we take our programming from powerlifting designs because their goal is to stay in a weight class, be as strong in that weight class, but do not get bigger because then if they go to that next weight class, the amount of weight that they have to lift has to jump up that significantly more. Okay, so that's why we keep our rep schemes when we get to our working sets, a totality of under 50. 
Now on a Friday workout, totally different conversation. That's more of a conditioning effort when we're doing, you know, multiple different reps. We're doing, you know, we're going from the ski erg to 10 thrusters, from the ski erg to 11 thrusters, and then keep on going on, something like that. That has a totally different purpose and a different effect because you're more in a, in a muscle endurance and a conditioning piece when you're using weights that are minimal weights compared to what you could do for one rep, okay? So making sure when we are talking about our main lifts, so we'll do fours, we'll do threes, we'll do eights, we'll do tens very rarely, but we never do super heavy weights above 10. And making sure that the rate of perceived exertion is in the appropriate effort, that is key. So um, if if we stay in that range of effort, so so even if you do th- three, four warm up sets and you do, you know, five sets of four reps, that's not a lot of reps in totality. So we keep the stress, you know, appropriate, and we don't overuse the body is the main goal. So, does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Do you have any other questions about that, Barry? I feel like that. Well, I just you know you hear that a lot from people is that like a lot of a lot of people are still stuck on the they want to go super high rep and low weight because they want to get chiseled. Right. Well, in reality, like so, people always if they see something, especially on the internet, they see this person. There's a lot of people that want to look like that person, and they're like, cool, I want to do that. And there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to look like that person. That person's lifting. Well, well there, there's two categories of myths, right? And so the first myth is like, there's two categories of myth. There's the person that wants the quick fix, that wants the, I'm going to be great, right? Like the, um, I can take a magic pill and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose 10 per, 10% of my body fat and I'm going to be healthy. Like, that's not really your customer. Like, there's, there's two kinds of myths. There's the people that want the easy, quick fix. And then there's the people that follow different myths and trends because it helps keep them engaged. Right. Right. So, well, if we were to apply it to another sport like skiing, well, there's no pair of skis you can buy that are going to make you a great skier. So we can throw those myths out. But then you got the people that have been skiing for tw- their whole lives. They're great skiers. And yeah, every season they're going to tweak a little bit, change a little bit, try this, try this shape. And so people are doing that absolutely with their fitness. And so we're all listening to podcasts and reading books and looking at influencers that are like, I'm so engaged and my overall healthy trend is on the right path. But yeah, I'm going to try intermittent fasting. I'm going to try this supplement. I'm going to try this. And so a lot of this stuff may not have the the traction to stick with you for life. But does that make sense? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think the, the part that I get frustrated with is that I feel like people spend a lot of money and a lot of time on things that in the long term are just not that effective. And the hard thing is people are trying so badly they want it to be easy and sometimes it's just not it's just not like you actually have to figure out a way to be incredibly disciplined and you might need those little kick in the rears every once in a while and that's fine like you might need some of those you it sure was when i did whole 30 the first time was it incredibly effective for me Absolutely. It pushed me to that next place. Then I learned a lot more. Then I did this next thing, and it kind of helped me realize. Now I'm like in a 
much better place to where I'm not jumping from this thing to that thing to this thing anymore. But it, it maybe that was just my journey. Like that was my journey, and I'm okay with that. Like there are certain people that don't adhere to a lot of things that I would probably suggest. I fall and, into that category. Yes, totally. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. To I know. <laughs> no, no, there's lots of people that don't like it. When I share certain ideas and certain thoughts, it's not so much that I want them to think that I know everything. It's like, no, I've tried that. I just want you, I'm trying to save you from doing that because it, it was a waste of my time. It was a waste of my money. Um, and so it's not so much that I, I think that's the thing that I think my job um, Barry, could you do what I do? Absolutely. But you don't have time to do what I do. Like, Nick, you could do what I do. Um, but in reality, what's that buzz? That's me. Oh. Um, I, I think that I am the one that you guys are paying to go research this stuff, look mm-hmm, at this yeah. information, so you don't have to, and you guys can go do your jobs and the things that you're passionate about and the things that you love, right. and I'm the one that's going to go find it and say, okay, this is what it seems like at this time is the best evidence of what is effective and what's not. Well, here's yeah. well, what's effective is like, so you, the Go customer is someone who's committed to being healthy, but we still need it to, we, you need the programming to change a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. need a new pair of shoes every once in a while. You need things that are going to keep it fun for sure. and compelling. And I, I think people are looking for that stuff in their fitness. And so, yeah, we, I get a lot of that from the Go. That's one thing I love about the Goat is that I never look at the workout beforehand because for me, the fun is that I don't want to know what the problem is till I walk in and see it on the board. Yeah. And occasionally you get punished on Fridays when you show up and the last class is leaving. They're like, just go, just leave, just turn around. <laughs> yeah. the um, but I, I think we're all looking for that, you know. And so when we listen to our favorite guru talk and they say, oh, I'm enjoying meditating in the cold shower. Like, well, you know what? I'm going to try meditating in a cold shower. Yeah. Right. Um, and it sucks, by the way, if anyone wants to try it. <laughs> it's exactly what, what it sounds like. <laughs> Being quiet and still and cold. It's terrible. Yeah, I I I think there I think people get lost in the idea and we're gonna talk about the last should we save the last one? What's the last one? We've got seven stretching, minutes. dear lord. Oh, I wanna touch on it. Do you, you have want, time? You want to? I wanna know. Okay, let's, talk, know. let's talk. You let's hate talk stretching. So, yeah. No, I love I, yoga. I don't I don't so I, I, I wanna I, know. Well so Is yoga stretching? I think the part that Yes. I want people to understand what's really going on. And a lot of times there are certain things that aren't happening. They assume that there is something physiologically happening to their body. And it might be that, like a perfect example, like ice bath. There's nothing physiologically actually happening. But does it oh, have something have to do? <laughs> it feels like a lot's going on. <laughs> Uh, is it changing the muscle structure? No. Is it having some other effects that are totally separate of the physiological? Absolutely. And if it works for you, go do it. That's fantastic. Um, foam rolling, not a big fan, personally. But if it is really helps you move a little bit better, have at it. Great. But there's nothing actually happening to the muscle structure when you do that. And if you foam roll too long, and I know a lot of people that foam roll for like 30 minutes to an hour, bad idea. 
There's a reason why you keep on you're like feeling mm. worse by doing that. Um, there are a lot of modalities out there, and people are selling people on a lot of things that I don't think at this time, the research doesn't show that anything physiologically is happening, but is there incredible psychological impacts that are coming from those? Yes. So do them if it works for you. But if it doesn't work for you, ditch it and stop wasting your time because you're just hoping that one day it's going to click. So, um, stretching. I get this question all the time in this, that short little blip that we just talked about. Um, so, stretching, stretching is a really tough one for me. I was a yoga instructor for years and years and years. And I loved what doing... What haven't you done, man? I, right? It's so God. weird. Um, when I... I here's, the, here's the ego part of it, Okay. The reason I loved yoga initially is because I was good at it, you know, and it fed my ego. Like that's good that's, at the postures. Totally, I was good at the. I, I was great at the movements. You like, look pretty good in yoga pants. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it kind of fed my ego, and I thought it was something that I had to do. And I get this question all the time at the gym. It's like, okay, so I started lifting a lot, so my muscles must be shortening now. That's a total myth, but anyways, so my muscles are shortening now, and and which we should maybe do. We're gonna have to do a part two, because we're gonna yeah. talk about long and lean muscles. It's not a thing. It's either you're lean and you oh, have muscles. So um, there's no toning muscles, either you're lean and you can see your muscles. But anyways, um, there are, there, this conversation is, well, I started lifting now, so I should probably start doing yoga. And my first question to them now is, well, do you like yoga? And a lot of people say, no, I hate yoga. I was like, great, then don't do it. <laughs> like, there, um, the stretching, if you like to stretch, that is great and it makes you feel better, do it. I would suggest doing it after a workout if you're going to do it. Um, if you need to get warmed up and I have air quotes going, you need to be mimicking the movement that you're about to do. Stretching doesn't warm the muscles. Moving does. The stretching is moving, so that's fine. But there's no inherent special thing about stretching before you do a strength movement. Um, now, um, is there a lot of social pressures to be able to touch your toes? Yeah, it's weird. Like, doesn't say anything about are you more likely for injury because you can't touch your toes? No, there's that's no that's the that. myth, right? Like, yeah. is stretching yeah. does stretching prevent injury? Correct. Yeah, um, that no. is that is not the case. That is definitely not the that's case. The now, I will say, um, if there's a difference between range of motion, flexibility, okay, and mobility. Okay. Um, if you struggle getting into a squat and you can't get to full depth, is that because you're tight? No. It's because typically because there's weaknesses happening there, and there's certain there might or there might be some neuromuscular connections where your body is not able to connect the idea of what muscles are 
what what you're using in the movement and then eventually you just get better and better at that so there's a neuromuscular connection that happens through the movement which leads to strength um, so that is range of motion or I have a lot of people that can't actually press completely overhead and their arms are bent and their arms are way in front of their head in front of their head and they can't get to a full extension and as they get stronger that comes um, so if you go from not being able to touch your toes and then you can you practice and you stretch and then you stretch and you stretch a little bit more and all of a sudden now you can touch your toes all you got better at is just being able to touch your toes you didn't keep yourself from injury um, but if you like the way that it makes you feel do it <clears throat> Like, absolutely do it. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. If it feels good, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I want you to enjoy your ice cream. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it's but, my mindset. That's what I'm learning. But in reality, like, for a lot of things, like, it, people struggle with moderation. Yes. Me. You know? And that is, that is, and I'm not one of them. Just kidding. Um it's a joke. So that's a, there's the other myth, uh, too much of anything. Might be bad. Is a bad thing. Or that's really not a myth. That's correct. Well, yeah. That's the right I mean, statement. That's, the right statement. <laughs> that's not a myth. Yeah. I mean, so. Um, An unhealthy obsession with being healthy. But does that make sense with yeah. the range of motion and flexibility and all that? Like, if you want to be really good at yoga, you got to keep on doing more yoga. Right. And there are certain body types that might just never be great at yoga. And that's okay. But really, in reality, what's good at yoga? I'm a big fan of meditation, and I think that is the biggest issue with yoga in the Western society right now is that it's a workout. I'm sorry, it's not a workout if you're not continuing to stress like the muscles, okay? Because in reality, could for a person that's incredibly detrained body weight is going to be fantastic, but eventually body weight won't be stressful anymore and it's not gonna be fantastic for them. And so they'll need to find out the next stress. Well, yoga really struggles with figuring out that next stress. And that's why you'll see a lot of people that are actually obese, but really good at yoga. They're not that healthy, but really good at yoga. Um, it's because they've done that specific thing for a long time and they've gotten good at that. That's also why there's people that are overweight and they're really good at marathon. Well, okay, can do marathons. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, it does. Because they never run faster, okay? They don't ever do speed work and they go at that same pace all the time. Same, same person as a person that just does yoga and they do yoga and they do yoga and they go at the same effort every single time. But for me... And they treat that as a workout. But for me, yoga needs to be, and I wish, I just wish so badly that the nation and yoga in general across the world would get back to being a practice of meditation and breathing. Because if you don't have a meditative practice and you don't have a breathing practice, you're probably not in a good, healthy place. Well, there's yoga, I mean... I think that's beyond the scope of the podcast today. Yeah. Because there's a yoga product for everybody. There's a gym product for everybody. There's a yoga product for everyone. For sure. Yeah. I would love to know your history in yoga. That's freaking awesome. 
No, I'd love to see right. some photos. All right, <laughs> we gotta uh, we gotta shut wrap this it up. But hold on, let's uh, just in review. Let's review them all. Can, can you real quick? Yeah. Yes, no. Yes, yep. no. And the myth. So first myth: abs are made abs, in the kitchen. Abs are seen if you're <laughs> from the kitchen. Abs right? are made in the kitchen. Not made in the kitchen. They're seen from the kitchen. That's right. uh, seen calories in, calories out. That is actually a thing. We did not demyth that. Um, intermittent fasting. Um, is just a method to keep your calories in check. There's nothing inherently, at this time, the research does not show that there's anything inherently special. There might be some athletes that can benefit from intermittent fasting, and there's some other details of fasted training, but I didn't want to get into that. Our carbs bad. Uh, Metabolism. Does your metabolism slow as you get older? If you don't eat enough protein... And if you let it. Yep, there you go, Barry. Stretching. Do you need to stretch? Or you should stretch, otherwise you're going to injure yourself or whatever. Um, I think we touched enough on it. Does stretching prevent injury? Does stretching prevent injury? Not necessarily. Um, Are carbs bad? Nope. Fibrous carbs are great. Good grains. My research shows that carbs are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Been doing a little and independent then, study on this one, boys. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then and then high weight, low reps. High weight, low reps. Well, does lifting make you big? It's really yeah. hard. Does lifting make you big? No, your eating makes you big. Yeah. So. So I can keep wailing on my lats. Yeah, exactly. Shocking the glutes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Big thanks great. to our sponsors. Sorry to the people that called in that are still on hold. We will get to you next podcast. One eight hundred get goat. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, everyone. Peace. Peace.